0: Welcome to the MindTales podcast. We are a fast-growing tech mental health organization, here to bring you the insights that you need to boost your emotional health and thrive in your daily life. It's our goal to make quality mental health care both accessible and inclusive. That's why part of our mission is to get discussions, conversations, and debates about mental health going. From psychiatrists to educators entrepreneurs and community members we bring you the stories and experiences of health advocates from around the world and that's what we're going to do today if you like our episode or have any suggestions for future content please like it leave a comment or connect with us on instagram at MindTalesOfficial. official it makes us so happy to hear from the mindtales community Good afternoon, Samar, and welcome to the Mind Tales Collective podcast. It's such a pleasure to be chatting with you here today. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you, Raisa.
0: Um, and for those of you meeting Samar for the first time, you'll quickly come to know of her thoughtful and caring nature that she uses to build meaningful social impact initiatives. Samar, amongst many of your achievements, you're the founding CEO of She Is Arab, which is an innovative platform that connects Arab women enhancing, empowering their leadership and business acumen across a range of industries. So could you tell us more about your personal journey? I'd be very interested in hearing more about your experiences leading up to this venture in policy reform, education, and also international development. What sparked the idea for building She is Arab?
1: Sure. First of all, it's a pleasure to be with you, Raisa. Thank you so much for the invite to join you on Mind Tales. This is so exciting and I wish you all the success with this show. Um, uh, of course, I yes, my current venture is um, She is Arab and it's my true uh, passion and, and uh, driver every day. Um, But yes, my background is in international development mainly, I've worked with uh, several international organizations or uh, donor funded uh, programs in the region with um, NGOs uh, as well, mainly based out of Egypt or the UAE, but really covering the uh, entire MENA region. So I would say I've traveled extensively across the region and and also outside of the region, worked on a number of very interesting projects, uh, like, you know, simplifying business startup procedures or um, working on building networks for uh, education in the region or, so uh, lots of interesting uh, projects which gave me great exposure to, you know, the various challenges in our region as well. And it has brought me to this point in time with uh, She is Arab, you know? Um, It is also built on um, multiple personal experiences that I've um, witnessed myself throughout my professional journey uh, as well as my personal one. And I think we'll have a chance to get into more detail about that soon. Um, uh, In terms of family background, we're an entrepreneurial family, so I always right. say, I guess entrepreneurship is in my DNA. Uh, I take it after my father, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, we viewed we basically uh, viewed a lack of uh, representation of Arab women uh, at events, and and a severe lack, I would say, of role models in the right. region uh, growing up as well. And something had to be done about it, so she's Arab came to being. Um, Obviously, the business model is is constantly evolving, but our vision is really for um, Arab women to be represented equally in the global Mm -hmm. economy.
0: And at the core of the mission of She is Arab is the empowerment of Arab women through equal representation, both within the region and beyond that. So by building opportunities for Arab women to collectively shape their growth, their mentorship, and learning. She is Arab is building on a really core and essential element of um, empowerment, which is the element of having a supportive, like-minded, and inspiring community. Can you tell us more about how She is Arab works to magnify and extend the achievements of Arab women? How do you see this positively influencing their representation on a local and also a global scale?
1: Definitely. Well, uh,
0: She is Arab is, is
1: at the core a platform. And, and, it's, and it's really dedicated to connect and enable um, professional Arab women by building an active and collaborative community. It's sector agnostic as well. So it's welcoming women from different walks of life, different backgrounds, and offering a range of customized um, services and opportunities for their growth and development. And of course, at the core, increased representation. So the way we envision you know to magnify their role in the economy uh, is through strengthening the professional development ecosystem that is surrounding them. Right. Um, through you know advocating for their uh, excellence, basically, greater awareness, awareness raising of their excellence, and facilitating uh, uh, the growth of engagement and networking of uh, you know, like-minded peers. So peer-to-peer learning is such an essential element um, at the core as well. So we're basically, I would say, building a community and at the same time, garnering attention around celebrating the successes of Arab women. Right. And, and, and honestly speaking, this has gained so much uh, traction and, and positive uh, attention from all of our followers because it's simply a call for action. It's Mm -hmm. a call for diversity and inclusion. It's a call for equal opportunity. It's it's really raising awareness about how important it is to include women in the social and economic development of the countries of our region in general. It it is a business imperative, as as you know, and obviously backed by a lot of statistics and data from McKinsey's of the world and Harvard and Accenture Mm -hmm. and so on. Um, So no need to get into that, but it's more critical than ever today in this day and time with the pandemic for a proper uh, recovery, for a full economic recovery, you cannot simply disregard 50% of the population. Uh, It's an essential element of success. And, and, um, and, And I mean, going back to She's Arab, I think part and parcel of helping women achieve that is to surround them with the right group of people or, Mm -hmm. you know, a tribe, uh, if I can call it that. Um, You know, raise uh, levels of awareness, advocate for them and show them the way.
0: Yeah, and I can only imagine that being around such an incredible cohort and community of inspiring women um, is probably equally as insightful for you as well. That co-learning process of sharing and growing together is really interesting to me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're we're working on it in multiple ways as well. I mean, sometimes I get approached by events organizers and be like, Do you have someone who is, I don't know, in, in the fitness industry? And I'm like, right. oh, I'll find someone. You know, there yeah. must be it. <laughs> are women out there somewhere working on that, you know. So, and 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 to your question about how we actually um, are going to contribute to uh, um, changing, you know, stereotypes or really changing the way Arab women are perceived. I think presenting such success mm-hmm. stories or role is the way. The more we showcase success stories, the more we contribute to uh, reversing the prevalent negative stereotypes. It, it's a responsibility. And that's why we really are a purpose-driven business.
0: And I think at the same time, it's just as important to recognize that um, most of these initiatives that are predicated on women empowerment and equal representation, like the vision of She is Arab, are also shaped by contextual and cultural factors at the same time. So as we know, when it comes to family and work balance, just to take an example, women empowerment is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and that's, that's very much the uh, outcome that that we see for many of these different topics that relate to equal representation and women empowerment, what some of us think of as um, equal representation or empowering women is really influenced by our cultural and societal ideals or expectations. So how does this vision of she is Arab supplement or maybe even contrast with your experiences having navigated your identity, balancing these conflicting maybe uh, factors of a career and of a family life? And how did you really find your identity and figure out what felt authentic to you?
1: Wow, that's a big question. Um, So I'm a believer, I'm a big believer in in the major role that um, culture and traditions play in the whole gender discourse, especially so in our region. And I don't think it has been uh, researched enough. It hasn't been discussed enough. Um, Like you said, it's definitely not a one size fits all to everyone and with, you know, having a family and a career, uh, it's never a balance, uh, at least in my books, Um, but then again, it's not a one size fits all, everybody sees it differently, each one puts a strategy that works for them best, Um, but frankly speaking, I have faced issues myself uh, growing up in the region as a young Arab female, I've, I've even written about it, shared shared it openly. Right. Um, I grew up to um, I wouldn't say a, um, a conservative uh, family relatively, but not conservative in the sense of being you know uh, religious or not modern or whatever. Um, but conservative in, in the sense that they're protective of me. As the female in the family, they were protective of the daughters more than of the sons, and this has obviously you know uh, made me face multiple limitations when it comes to opportunities when it comes to. um, You know, whether for work or travel or uh, fun and leisure with friends or going out and so on. Um, Major limitations at at many points in time and I've personally overcome them. um, But it took me a long time, you know, to right. like, uh, involve uh, the patriarch in the family, which in my case was my father, um, involve him in my daily life, yeah. uh, engage him in what I do, building this level of trust and confidence between us, and then taking it forward from there. And, you know, taking up regional roles and traveling extensively, and so on. So, and I always tell my sister, you know, I've paved the way for you, you took it and yeah. it was all <laughs> done. all the hard work, you know, yeah. um, but, you know, Arab societies in general have, I believe, variable expectations of the female and mm. um, of women in the family in general, you know, most of them expect a young woman, uh, perhaps to be quiet or to be the perfect female perhaps not encouraged to share her opinion much and no one is telling her though not to talk but this is in a way a societal expectation of her and so she ends up you know sometimes growing um with I wouldn't say without a voice but without using her voice and that's why I I always say you know share your opinion Um, use your voice because we need it out there. And, and that's why we don't perhaps have that many Arab women speaking at um, events and we have this issue right. of representation. But again, it varies from society and another, from one region to the other. Yeah. Um, the Arab world is extremely diverse, yeah. but, it, but it's a societal change that needs to happen. And therefore advocacy and awareness raising is key. And and I think by, just to to wrap up here, I think by virtue of seeing more role models and people you can really look up to and relate to, um, even ones who have gone through the same experiences as yourself, um, makes all the difference. So um, I would use the the MARS uh, Hope Probe mission as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, know, seeing these women leading this project and yeah. not just taking up secondary roles in the process, but really taking the lead on the mission Yeah, with more than 80% of the team working on the technical aspects of it being female. This helps us dream bigger, you know, yeah. as Arab women, to see Arab women uh, taking the lead on that. So, um, and that's why She's Arab is all about focusing on the economic empowerment because it is key.
0: It is. I I could not agree more. And I think what happens is that when you grow up and you see people that you can relate to very closely in these leadership positions or those types of managerial roles, it really expands the boundaries of what you believe is possible for yourself to achieve. And it also influences the aspirations and dreams that you then hold yourself um, to as you're growing up as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, seeing role models growing up, not just seeing royalty, you need to see people yeah. you can relate to, people who work in domains that are of interest to you. Yeah. I would like to buy books, you know, that have more Arab women featured in them. I was very right. disappointed I Bought a book for my niece, for example, and not finding a single Arab woman in it. Um, so these are all triggers yeah. mm-hmm. and, and they highlight the importance of what we're trying to do here today.
0: Right. Um, And Samara, I'm also very curious to know more about your uh, thoughts on navigating the complexities of mental health. What was your initial outlook on what mental health meant for you? And how did your relationship with self-care change over time?
1: I contemplated so much as to whether or not I should talk about this. And and I think, you know, we've had a brief, brief chat about this. Um, but I think it's my obligation. I, I feel like it's a responsibility to actually share it. So I am talking about it for the first time. Um, I have experienced a, a major a traumatic experience uh, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I survived a major fire. Um, I was on the twenty seventh floor of a high rise tower uh, with my husband and children, and. Uh, this experience has left me uh, scarred to date. And yeah. every time I talk about it, um, you know, there's something inside me that still hasn't uh, fully recovered from this experience. Um, I think what happened was following this uh, incident, I felt that the expectation from me as, you know, the woman in the family, as the mother, as Mm -hmm. the caretaker um, of the whole family was to pull myself together and run, you know, just go forward. And, and I refused to confront the trauma. Right. Um, But then I ended up with a series of random um, physical ailments um, things that I never had before were just, you know, um, happening to me. Uh, I would wake up with severe jaw pain, grinding on my teeth in my yeah. sleep, or or um, uh, skin problems that I'd never had before, or or even being diagnosed. I was actually diagnosed, and then it disappeared with you know, um, having an autoimmune disease that suddenly came up at the time and and then it completely disappeared when I started getting better. Um, So so this was a major lesson, you know, to me, because I realized that I should have sought help at the time, that I actually needed help. And and you should seek help when you need it. I I was in denial of it. Um, I didn't take it seriously. And, Mm -hmm. and perhaps I felt it was also like a major taboo, um, to talk about, you know, I don't know, maybe I found it to be ridiculous to entertain the idea of therapy, um, having also lost so much in this fire, you know, the financial implications of it and the time implications of it. But the fact of the matter is I, I was in desperate need of it and I didn't get any of it. Um, And that's why I believe that today the silver lining from this pandemic is the fact that we can now comfortably talk about mental health Um, because I I don't know if you've been, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're following the news, but like we're actually, In what is called now a mental health pandemic, you know, like the the consequences of COVID 19 on people's level of anxiety, levels of depression are skyrocketing. Um, And um, I just believe that with all the awareness on mental health today, um, now more than ever, Uh, People should seek help when they need it. I regret not having done that. It would have spared me years of uh, discomfort and being unwell.
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks, Samar, for for being so willing to be honest with us and actually share those personal details of your story and of your relationship with mental health. I think if there is even one other person who can hear and relate to those feelings or even just feel inspired to take those same steps towards building a better mental health. um, That would be incredible. I was also wondering if you would be able to share with us or if you would be okay sharing with us um, a bit more about how that specific incident changed your outlook on how you now handle uncertain and daunting moments and how you look out for yourself uh, and take care of your mental health.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh... I did not, I mean, by the time I, you know, I, I obviously read more about it, uh, been hearing a lot about it, attended a lot of online events during uh, 2020. We had plenty of time to, yeah. <laughs> to read and learn as well. Um, so um, I think what I've done is I've focused a lot more on myself, um, you know, in terms of um, mindfulness, uh, uh, breathing exercises when needed um prioritizing myself just a nudge you know I've always put myself at the bottom but now taking care of myself as well is yeah uh, and is one of is one of my values because you know if it's part of your family taking care of your family you're part of that family you need to take care of yourself to be able to take care of others oh, yeah. right so um if you need help on the professional level, you should seek it. If you need help on the personal level, you should seek it. So, um, for example, I've um, I've worked with a coach on a professional coach on uh, you know some uh, issues work related. Um, I've expanded my I would say social circle of um, people who are into. Uh, mindfulness or well-being and and taking care of myself Um, I've I've learned to give myself a break I've learned to uh, take time to just relax and read and uh, do things that nurture my Mm -hmm. inner soul and my my uh, myself so I think it's a process there's no um, handbook or manual as to you know how to um, but. It comes gradually, and as you learn more about yourself, about your body, about um, what makes you uh, emotionally and mentally comfortable and stable, um, it dictates essentially what you end up doing for yourself. So,
0: that self care and self awareness is so important. Before you go, we'd love to hear more about your actual specific steps that you take towards taking care of your mental health. So tell us your top three self-care tips.
1: So my top three tips would be, um, give yourself a break and talk to yourself like you would to your best friend. Don't be shy to ask for help, whether from friends or to seek professional help when you need it. And last but not least, set clear boundaries be honest and and you know manage people's expectations of you Uh, and by people i mean everyone whether it it was family work colleagues friends everyone around you don't keep on taking more and more responsibilities um manage people's expectations of you and just take care of yourself
0: wonderful thanks so much samar for for sharing those essential tips it was Almost kind of like a summary as well from what we spoke about during our conversation, you brought up all those essential points and summarized it wonderfully, which I think is a great takeaway for all of our listeners. Um, The last thing I have to ask you is where can our listeners keep up with the work that you do at She is Arab?
1: Sure. I would invite them to connect via LinkedIn uh, to Samar Al Sharafa or uh, to follow our page on LinkedIn. She is Arab. And also to visit our website, uh, sheisarab.com. I look forward to connecting with your listeners. And I really thank you for this uh, wonderful opportunity. You're shedding light on such an important topic uh, in this day and time. I wish you all the best. Thank you, Raisa.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Mind Tales Collective. If there were any questions that stood out to you, don't let these conversations stop here. Share your thoughts with your family and friends, or send over a quick message to us on Instagram to share your thoughts with us. And don't forget to hit the follow button. You can find us at MindTales Official. We know it's been a tough year. We want to remind you to check in on how you're feeling and ask for help if you need it. Remember, self-care is more than a band-aid your mental health is important. Stay tuned for more content next week. Take care and talk to you soon.